say that one more time. I cannot. Oh, I should have recorded earlier. One second. Right, Caves, there's a, a huge amount of chatter on the on the internet, on the webs. Have you seen it over the last few days? There was some some dude won another trophy down in, in your home state of Florida. Yep. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the big game. I don't want to get sued. I don't know if I can say it. Um, but it kind of has spurred on a no pun intended, a weird kind of uh, um, <laughs> a weird kind of debate on the internet because well, you kind of tell everybody what's going on. So yeah, there's this like, and I think we both agree that it's a stupid debate. And I think a lot of intelligent people have kind of come out and said that it's stupid, but it doesn't take a lot of thinking to find out how stupid it sounds. Yeah. You know, it's like, who's the greatest athlete ever. And people are like, is Tom Brady the greatest athlete ever? And it's like, man, first of all, how do you, how do you quantify that? Like, how do you, you know, that's, that's the first part of the debate is like, what makes the greatest athlete ever right is it do you count um off the you know outside of sport you know you look at somebody like muhammad ali right like what muhammad ali did outside of boxing is just as big if not bigger than what he did inside of boxing and he's one of the greatest boxers of all time <laughs> you know what i mean so it's like it's like that or you know jackie like robin thorpe Remember yeah like jim thorpe he won olympic medals in the decathlon and like the, i think it was a pentathlon too he won olympic medals he played professional football he actually got his medals taken away because he played professional baseball before the olympics which they ended up giving them back to him but he played multiple sports he won olympic gold medals he, he played in the nfl too he wasn't bad either he was really good too also well, um native american also which is amazing because you don't see that as much today and um in the big sports but guys like that or not even guys too i say guys like that but oh my gosh like talk about serena williams talking about serena uh, williams won a major while she was pregnant and she i think she's won 35 tournaments 25 majors i mean that's uh, you know you look at somebody like jackie robinson like jackie robinson broke the color barrier in baseball jackie mm-hmm. robinson was also a lettered athlete in lacrosse in track and field mm-hmm. you know in other sports in college so you know it's like and you think about too sports in the 50s or in the 60s or hell the 90s were incredibly different than they are now the nutrition's different the uh training is different the technology with you know equipment is different like who's to say that you know somebody from the 50s you know couldn't come in and if they had the same nutrition and the same, you know, training and everything like that, like there's, it's just a stupid debate. <laughs> and, it, and even throwing like guys like Jesse Owens, who was sure. an amazing athlete. And now nowadays you have kids that are growing up playing one sport pretty much they right. they go out and out and there's also a lot of science behind letting your kids do multiple sports letting them try things and all that but sure. like tom brady he's not going out there and trying to play professional baseball he's not trying to do anything else and he's on a game where like you said they have 10 other players on his side of the field and he's in a position that's pretty protected i mean they have five players whose whole job is to protect him and now i i the fact that he's won all these Super Bowls—that's amazing. That's oh, it's, great. I, he's if you want crazy. if you want to make the case that he's the greatest 
quarterback of all time. Sure. I can, we can have that discussion. I mean, I think there's more to it than just that. I, you know, I think you can make a case for guys that haven't won near as many Super Bowls as he mm-hmm. has, but um, yeah, if you want to have that debate, I'll have that. I'll have that debate. Cause at least we're comparing apples to apples, apples, to apples at least right. somewhat, right? Like different eras and all that. I get that. Or, you know, the Jordan LeBron debate, you know, different eras in basketball, you know, whatever athlete debate you want to have, at least they're the same sport, but yeah, it's a, to try and say, and then I think something you and I were talking about beforehand is uh, the essential kind of America-centric nature of it. Right. Like, football's the biggest in America, and football is ours. And to some people, American football is life. American college football and pro football is life. Right. But, I mean, <sighs> if you look at, you know, you want to talk about fame, you know, right? Like who's the most famous athlete? Tom Brady's probably not in the top 30 at least. No. Like, I mean, you know, it's going to be, you know, your soccer players, you know, in Europe that are the big clubs in Europe, your Messi's, Ronaldo's, Neymar's, mm-hmm. you know, those, those folks that you got your, you know, LeBron, like people like that. I mean, the NBA is huge all over the world. Yeah. Um, You know, Michael Jordan is I'm sure still like, you know, I saw somebody talking about um, the difference between uh, why is Jordan a more famous athlete than Tom Brady? And it's like, have you ever heard anybody say, I'm going to go get me a pair of Brady's? <laughs> that's, that's true. Oh, that's true. And these, t- I would even put more weight into what like Jordan and LeBron do because, well, it is also a team game, right? Yeah. Really, you have a big impact in a, in a basketball game compared to say a football game i mean lebron took a bunch of scrubs to a to an nba finals in cleveland that first go around it's like can anybody that's not a cleveland cavaliers fan name like two other players on that team probably not you're well you're a Cavs fan so yeah yeah, you could name probably the whole (laughs) roster but most of the rest of us are like, uh, we had Channing Fry, we had Richard Jefferson, we had Tristan Thompson, we had Zadrunas Ogalskis. He was not on the team at that point. He was on the he was on the team that made it to the NBA Finals against the Spurs. Well, that's the, the one I was that's the one I was talking about, right? Like, the oh, team. I thought you were talking about when they won. Oh, that team. Yeah, we had Drew Gooden. Uh, we had Booby Gibson. Uh, did we have? Uh, I don't think we had him anymore. Who was the guy that uh, said he slept with LeBron's mom? Oh, Delonte West. Delonte West was also, I think he was, he might not, he might've been on that. No, he wasn't on the team that made that NBA fellows. He was on the last team before LeBron went to Miami. Got it. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, I, I know we could, I could talk about LeBron a lot, but yeah, it, it the whole thing was, is bad. Then you get internet commenters included into it, especially when people would talk about Serena Williams, when they brought her name up a lot. Um, people were still like getting at them. Well, she, oh no, me- she would never beat a men's tennis player. Like, oh my God, just shut up. If you're comparing these, if you're trying to make the best athlete comparisons, just, I feel like as time goes on, it's just, it's just impossible. It's impossible to do. So we're not here to do that. We're not here to decide who's going to be the best athlete because we both already know it's LeBron James. There you go. All right, let's start the show. Welcome, boys and girls, to Brighton Me, where we talk about soccer and other things, other podcasty things. 
on this episode we've got a real we got a real good one today we got a lot of columbus soccer we got some international soccer and then we've got a little bit of uh fun with logos but first we're going to go into the columbus eagles they had a rip-roaring fun match last saturday we're going to go into that uh the columbus crew in the Concacaf champions league champions League. Champions. we're going to let champions. you know who they're playing the champ- i don't think it, that that's not the song that's probably copywritten <laughs> That's why I said the big game earlier on. We can't get in trouble. Uh, we're going to let you know who the crew were playing, how the draw was rigged, and how we're, we already have a favorite player on the opposing side. Also, the U.S. national team got a little better a few days ago. We're going to tell you why. And then lastly, we are going to share our top five favorite sports logos of all time with a couple stipulations, but we're going to share our favorite logos doesn't matter what time frame, what team, as long as, you know, we'll tell you the stipulation. We'll get to there. But first, Bryant, it's time to talk about those Columbus Eagles and a real chippy contest, real chippy affair. How did did it go for you watching some Eagle soccer? Man, you know, it was really like life in the fast lane. Really Um, make you lose your mind. I, you know, I was losing my mind in the uh, the fourth, fourth period there, fourth quarter. Um, but we'll get to that here in just a minute. Yeah, we had the very first soccer at Columbus uh, over the past weekend. The crew have yet to play. They won't play until April. But there is soccer in Columbus right now that you can be watching, and that is our very own Columbus Eagles. So Vanderbilt alum Lauren DeMarchi stood on her head for big chunks of that game. I mean, she's really the reason they. I think they stayed in the game. Um, oh, she for was, sure. It's crazy. She, I have to call out Ralph Strudel real quick, too. I, I, this isn't in the outline. I got to call him out in case he listens. He had texted me, um, complimenting me on like a story written about the match. And that was not why I brought this up, not because of that. Mm-hmm. But after the compliment, he was like, actually, DeMarchi is spelled with a capital M because D E M A R C H I. And I was like, oh. It's like, well, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm de- I can definitely make mistakes. I'm not, like, I do not avoid making like mistakes. They happen to me probably quite often. So I looked up, like, I remember writing her name down, doing research on all the players. Sure. I was like, well, hey, man, I, the Vanderbilt website has a lowercase m, and so does like her social media said lowercase m. And then he was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And he apologized because he, <laughs> uh, Ralph works with the, Ohio Dominican women's soccer team, actually Ohio Dominican sports in general. But Lauren DeMarchi is the goalkeeper coach for the Panthers of Ohio Dominican. So then he was like, oh my God, I just looked at my own information and I had it with the lowercase M. So I don't know why I did that. And he wanted, he said I could punch him next time I saw him. I'm not going to punch you, Ralph. I'm not going to punch you, but I was right. Who would punch Ralph? Ralph is like the nicest guy you could ever hope to meet. Except if you don't capitalize the right letters. Well, and then he gonna text you. Get it right. I, I love you, Ralph. I'm just kidding. I would never. I would never punch you, and it wouldn't hurt anyway. But Ralph's the Ralph's good. He's good people. We need to have. She him was back. punching balls way left and right. Yeah, speaking of punching, you're right. Yeah, she was. Just that first quarter. I mean, she was absolutely, uh, absolutely a brick wall. Like you weren't getting anything past her. Um, in the second second quarter. Um, they did let Cincinnati the Sirens. Cincinnati Sirens is also a pretty cool team name. That's pretty. I will say it's. I like it. Um, they let them uh, let them take the lead up 2-0. Uh, 
But then help build confidence, right? Help get yeah, Cincinnati. Like, they just drove here two hours. Let them feel like they came for a reason, right? Look, they they remember what what's happened. Um, anytime a Columbus team has played a Cincinnati team in soccer lately, mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. and how that's gone for Cincinnati. So you know they we had to kind of let them build up a little bit, let them build a little confidence. But having herself a fantastic second quarter, Oof. Asia sweetheart. Ended up scoring two for Columbus, and they were even, even at the half. That was that was a fun half. A little bit of a, um, a little bit of a nervy half. Yeah. Because also, um, the the broadcast, was, which was great, the oh, the they were guys fantastic. who, yeah, the guys who did GCG bag or the Greater Columbus Golden Girls and Boys, Golden Boys and Girls, excuse me, um, the crew supporters group, they. Um, actually did the whole broadcast and stuff and it was it was really good they ended yeah. up uh, finding out in the second half and folks who watched the first half know it it was really like every 10 seconds it would freeze yeah they ended up fixing it but even with that even the time you were able to see that first half it was it was a little nerve-wracking because Cincinnati definitely um, came out attacking and Columbus did not know what they had not know what to do no, it was definitely a I, – I would even go as far as to say we were very lucky to only be down 2-0 when we were. Right. Um, because, yeah, I mean, they had – I don't have the stats in front of me, but they had way more – it seemed like at least way more shots on you know on target. I mm-hmm. mean, like we said, Lauren DeMarchi just stood on her head for a while there and was not letting anything through, just – so we, you know, we kind of had to to sit back and kind of absorb. We tried to get some stuff through, just couldn't really find that, uh, you know, that last pass or that last get the, you know, that last shot off. But mm-hmm. so in the second half, we come out and, you know, the sirens get one, I believe, right after, right after the half, like right as we came back, yeah. um, had, had kind of stretched the lead out. It, it was 6-3. Uh, going into the third going into the third and uh, I believe someone who was running the Bryant me uh, Twitter page during the during the match because the other other person on this on the show was doing a fantastic job on the master report Twitter Um, I was gonna I was gonna I know what was impressive was how you were able to keep up with it because that I, I tweeted once man I tweeted once like I can't type faster than they can play. Like I can't do <laughs> when you're playing, uh, you know, watching indoor soccer like that. And then watching say a, a traditional match, you know, on like a full size pitch, this is much more akin, I would say to watching something like hockey, right. Where it's yeah. pretty, it's pretty constantly back and forth. It's, it's a little harder to, uh, you know, you make one pass and then the other team's on the break and, and you know, you're back and forth a lot. So yeah, you trying to trying to tweet out the, you know, kind of the play by play, you know, updates from the master report. That was I was impressed. Um, oh, stop! But while I was running the the Bryant and me Twitter, um, I think I called going into the fourth quarter a fourth quarter comeback by the Columbus Eagles, and sure enough, they were on fire. In the, in the fourth quarter, they were, you know, made, they made, they were scoring. They were, they had more opportunities clearly than Cincinnati did. They were on the front foot. They were attacking, trying to get stuff done. Finally, some of those passes, I think we're starting to, 
I think they were starting to figure it out a little bit, um, kind of playing on a smaller, a smaller pitch. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, ended up, ended up in a six, six draw, like three goal count, three unanswered goals in the fourth quarter um, to end the game in a six, six draw. Um, we weren't sure. I, th- I don't think even, I know the broadcast guys weren't sure. And I don't think any of us were sure what the overtime rules were turned out there isn't any oh. <laughs> there's no, no, there's no I, I, knew, I wrote a story about it. i wrote a story about the rules there is no overtime in the regular season if there is like a a tournament game or playoffs at that point okay. they do overtime but no it's not a no overtime and it was like you said it was so fast like it's such a fast-paced game and honestly for a lot of these players this is the first time that they've played right that high speed of a competitive arena soccer match now every year, like every year, the Eagles would play a few arena games just to warm up, just to get them, you know, some time to play. Because the coach and the CEO of the Eagles, who he's not usually the coach, but since their head coach is coaching college soccer right now, he can't be there. Uh, his goal is he wants to have these players being able to play competitive soccer for nine months out of the year. Awesome. He would love it to be professional in Columbus, but if he can get them indoor matches before the uh, outdoor season starts, he just wants to give them the opportunity to play the game that they love. And this is though the first time that they've had a, like I said, a, a real competitive match um, in the arena where they actually had to practice in the arena beforehand and get used to the game because coaches, whenever they practice indoors and this came straight from the coach, I talked to him the next day. He said that like, they don't practice with the walls. The coaches tell them, do not use the walls. Do not get ready to use them. Cincinnati, they won last year's or yeah, last season's indoor league. Going away. Like they're, I don't remember. They said it during the broadcast. I don't remember what the margin was. It was like 80 goals 60, or something. Yeah, it was like 60 to 80 goal difference. And they were first place. So this Cincinnati team, they're no slouches. And they actually had one more match than Columbus because they played the week before where they lost uh, to Chicago. But even having one match under your legs is going to be so helpful. And you saw that right away. Like oh, you yeah. saw that first quarter, they, they were pressing so much and Columbus didn't know what to do. They did not know what to do about it, but I mean, they made their adjustments and coming away with a draw, clutching a draw out of the, you know, the hands of defeat. They, yeah. um, they really showed a ton of, a ton of fire and they had players who were out too. There were some players who couldn't make it for the Eagles, like former Ohio state soccer player. They have, they had one technical, they had technically one defender on the entire roster. But if you watch any arena, everyone kind of turns into a defender at certain right. points in the game. Everyone, um, but, everyone's it's kind of, it's kind of like hockey in the sense that everyone's a, everyone has to defend and everybody kind of has to help and attack. Like it's, it's a small space and there's five, there's only five of you. So. Yeah. And it, uh, it's, it's fast and it, it gets, it's physical too. It's a pretty physical oh, game. Yeah. Um, honestly, I can't give enough shout outs to the folks who produced the game and who called it because it was like, they had graphics on the screen. Mm-hmm. They were, they were updated really quickly. They had a really good call. Um, there's a story I interviewed them. Um, on Monday night, which is story is going to come out for massive report in the next few days. But uh, they had an issue like 20 minutes before the match started where they weren't even going to have a camera. They were down a camera. Oh, wow. So it was um, for their first time doing it for the, for this team. It was, it was pretty amazing. And folks who may have watched it and they're like, Oh, this is great. They have streaming and stuff. That's not normal. 
it's not normal for a team in this league yeah. at no at this amateur level because it has to be amateur. There are college students who play um, on the team actually, so they can't be a professional league or even a semi-pro league. But this is a team of people striving to either play the game that they love or they want to eventually try to become a pro soccer player. So having a broadcast like this, and when I interviewed them again earlier this week, they said that they had somebody in Kentucky watching and they reached out like, yeah, this was amazing broadcast because they were scouting players. Like, so the fact that somebody in the city did this for the team and because they love the city and they love the sport, this might even go a long way in getting somebody noticed. We have the NWSL is expanding. Hopefully they come to Columbus one day, who knows, but I mean, there's a new MWSL team in Kentucky (laughs) and when you get more teams, you need more players. So I, I think it's cool that they were able to do it. And even then not even just being nice because they were able to do it, but it was just a genuinely solid broadcast. I've seen much worse sporting event broadcasts for much um, like more expensive leagues. Let's put it that way. I've, I've watched a lot of, I've watched a pretty decent amount of um, college baseball on mm-hmm. ESPN three. And yeah, like you watch the camp. Some of the cameras are like watching, uh, you remember Cloverfield? <laughs> Is that the one with John Goodman? John Goodman was in the sequel, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Cloverfield uh, was the one that took place in like New York, I think. And it was like on the heels of all, everybody was doing like the found footage type movies where, you know, you got a camera that kind of the Blair Witch was the first one, right? So mm-hmm. it was like someone was filming the entire time and it was like shaky and like gave you motion sickness if you watched it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what some of the like college baseball broadcasts I've watched on like ESPN. So yeah, to have a, a broadcast like that, and like you said, the you know GCG bad guys did fantastic. I mean, for mm-hmm. uh, for two guys who uh, I I mean I don't I don't know them well, but I assume they've never probably called a I don't know if have they ever done com. I mean, you interview them. Have One they ever the done commentary? Had. Okay. One of the guys had done commentary before, but he said it was about seven or eight years since he's done it. Um, the color commentator had uh, for. I didn't ask him specifically, but it sounded like it was the first time doing it. They've uh, the way that they joke around, which they're very non-serious, serious group, if that makes sense. They've sure. always had great production, but they've always had questionable content. And that's what they even say. We always knew we had great production value, but questionable content. So this was the first time they were able to put, you know, great production value into great content. Also, um, if they're selling them, I want one of the bright yellow jackets. <laughs> that they had because the the those jackets were sharp yeah i would uh i would rock one of the, i would totally rock one of those at a at a game or something when we can go back go back in public like if i can be uh you know if i can if you they want to hook me up i'll uh i'll advertise for them right i'll wear the gcg back patch on it if i have to to get <laughs> to get a hold of one of those uh one of those jackets yeah it was just it was just really cool like it really added to the experience i think i hope that um, you know, you can kind of point people watching it and saying, yeah, it's a legit broadcast. It's not just like somebody filming with, you know, a cell phone camera. Like this is legit. You've got good, you've got good commentators. You've got good you know, camera work was able to camera work was following the, following the action. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was, I was, I came away super impressed. I want to win something next time. So, right. um, you know, if, well, if next I, time you got next Saturday. 
next Saturday they're going to be in Chi Town against the Chicago okay. Mustangs. I'm hoping they can maybe help us out and uh, you know maybe win something next time. But you know, uh, pending on the stream too. Yeah, I would love to see a win, but uh, they unfortunately, due to COVID and all that, um, and also producing these matches on the frizzle they um not able to go to chicago so about the stream hopefully we'll be able to watch um some eagle soccer next weekend fingers crossed okay fingers crossed but uh i mean there's a lot of other soccer though here in columbus too Uh, now eagles we're we're going to keep talking about throughout the season especially once we get into the outdoor matches and all that stuff too we're going to cover as much as we can as much as we can see there are some stories coming um actually about the production team and also the supporters group there's going to be more coming out trying to get some player interviews too just to learn more about the people on the team awesome. um an- another soccer team here in columbus had a pretty eventful week themselves um the columbus crew the columbus crew sc had themselves quite a week there's some good news especially if you're an mls owner the league owners were able to get the cba to 2027 past the 2026 u.s mexico canada world cup Ew. And now there will be no lockout, which I think is really good for the league because I that, don't know. That's good. Yes. NFL can survive a lockout. You know, MLB has survived multiple ones. NHL and NBA have survived them. I don't know the fabric of MLS or soccer in the United States. I don't know how well it survives. Yeah, that, that would be tough for sure. That would be really hard. But um, the matches are going to start April 17th. They're going to start coming in hot. April 17th, the crew are going to be back in to defend their MLS Cup against all the other teams, including those broccolis down in Texas. It's going to be an exciting season, but that was only one piece of excitement because yeah. we're recording this on Thursday. On Wednesday, we had a little we had a little Champions League draw for the CONCACAF Champions League, or I should say, sorry, the Scotiabank CONCACAF Champions League. I um, Just rolls off watched, the tongue. It just, yeah, it's a real beautiful eloquent poem more than it is the name of a tournament i've been watching pro soccer consistently consistently since about 2014 2013 going into 2014 is when i really started watching and i've been watching ever since so about seven or eight years at this point this was the first time i watched a draw live wow this is the first i haven't watched like an fa cup draw I haven't watched a Champions League, a I've, UEFA I've watched, Champions League. I've draw. watched a UEFA. I watched a couple of the UEFA Champions League draws on early in the morning. They're on when, like seven a.m. When Spurs were on, you, know, you pour yourself a cup of coffee, watch the Champions League draw. When when Spurs were in it, but you know, yeah. Well, we're not going to talk about Liverpool or Spurs again this week. Thank God. It seems like they're eventually just leaving the show. Um, I uh, <clears throat> watched the draw for the first time, and really. Before it, I was like, okay, it's a draw, blah, blah, blah. But once I got into it, I was pretty hyped, man. Did they have the ping pong balls? Headache. They not, I'll, I'll walk you through the format. Oh, cool. They had some sort of, they did have balls. There were a lot of balls on that stage. Um, and not just every commentator being a middle-aged man. But uh, yes, there were uh, bowls of balls, bowls of balls. But you were coming off of a headache. You were nursing that pretty well. So I understand you kind of taking taking a break from all that excitement last night. Again, I, I wasn't too pumped until it started. And then I was just like, you can watch the Brian Me Twitter because I was manning it last night. And I got I got pretty pumped. And I got pretty excited. You're so they off. have 
and then all these introductions and stuff and all these videos, it ended up taking like 25 minutes or so, but they really broke it down nicely. They're okay. There's a pot, um, pot one and pot two, and then a pot A and a pot B where one and two, <clears throat> those are the teams. And then A and B are the positions on the bracket because of COVID they usually do a group stage, right? So it's kind of like the champions league that, you know, and love in England where they have a group of four teams, multiple groups, best two teams, make it into the knockout round, make it into the round of 16, excuse me. So this year with the COVIDs and all that, usually this tournament starts ugh, a couple months ago, actually, no, it usually ends around a couple months ago where they, it's like a winter season for us in America and Canada, because in Mexico and Central America, they've already started their seasons. They've already been playing for a while. And, um, yeah, so it's only going to be a round of 16. And since Crew won the MLS Cup, they are part of those 16. And Columbus drew Nicaraguan side Real Esteli FC. They're the Nicaraguan champions. Like I said, they've won the 2019 Apertura and the 2020 Clausura seasons in Nicaragua's La uh, Liga Primera. I really nice. all all three of my college Spanish uh, semesters on that one well um, we <laughs> i was pretty pumped to see that you know uh, we got any team i was going to be excited no matter what the only real stipulations were we couldn't play an mls side so which it, i like that i want to see teams that i haven't seen before i oh, want to yeah. play teams that we haven't played before and they definitely fit the bill um <laughs> so we threw a tweet out at them told them a little bring it on i gave him a little rock dwayne the rock johnson come on and come over here and we had one of their players like our tweet Boom. we had a player from real Esteli fc like our tweet so we want to welcome nico kata to the bam army we hope you have an amazing season except for when you play the crew in april right before the mls season starts the crew we're going to start their champions league with like i said mls starting april 17th the crew's home match is going to be either april 15th or 16th and then they're going to play a week before in Nicaragua. So and, uh, and I believe, uh, was, I want to say, I don't remember who it was on Twitter. I want to say it was Keith, Keith Nass, who is a fantastic, probably was fantastic follow, um, who said that actually, if you start walking now, um, and you, and you still sleep eight hours a night, you could make it to Nicaragua by the time the game starts. Okay. So I don't know how he, I don't know if he actually did the math on that or if he just kind of made that up, but you know, I thought knowing that was, Keith, he doesn't make stuff up. No, that knowing Keith, he definitely doesn't make stuff up. I'm pretty sure he like pulled out a map and did the exact, uh, exact measurements on that knowing him, but I do yeah. Google map walk. And then you, it tells you how many hours it takes to walk. And then you take those hours by how many hours there are until the first match. And then you can determine what's the difference and then split the eight hours of sleep. I could, I could see the math. And now that I think about it more, I don't think it's as much of a stretch, but it was quick. Keith always has these real fast, quick takes that no one can compete with. He's a great follow. If you don't, uh, if you don't follow Keith, I absolutely recommend it. He's good people. Um, so yeah, I, I did a little bit of research on, uh, on Real Esteli. Um, so I'm going to throw a little, throw a little stat out there for you. Okay. Um, so they have previously been in the CONCACAF Champions League, but have never won a game Oof. in the CONCACAF Champions League. So 
seems like a pretty good draw for us. I like uh, I like our chances. You don't you don't want to, um... but you don't want to be that first. You don't want to be the yeah. You don't you don't want to be the trivia question, right? Like you don't want to the... be the University of Virginia, right? You don't want to be the first hey. one seed to lose. Uh, no Nicaraguan team has ever made it to the round of sixteen before. So this the fact that they made it this far, which um, they were part of the last. I believe that what I read, they were part of the last one, but because it got cut short, the group stage and all that, I think they made it because of that, I want to say. They had a playing, anyway. playing game, it looks like. Yeah, so they made the round of 16. This is the first time. The, the crew's salary payroll is much larger than this team, but they're still the champions of their country, and you have to go there first. And that... I know we, I, I'm, I'm always nervous about everything because I think my team's going to lose everything. Right. Um, but I, I still don't want to underestimate uh, our opponents. And, and also another little bit of information on our draw. So if we are to, to get through, right, we, we defeat Real Esteli and keep that, keep that losing streak going for them. Our next draw is uh, it's a little tough. Mm. Who could we play eventually? Um, so if we win, our likely opponent is going to be the defending CONCACAF Champions League uh, champions and Mexican giant Monterey. Oof. Oof. Um, that, doesn't, a, uh, that doesn't sound great. That's a tough, that's a tough draw in the, uh, in the quarterfinals there. I'm going to tell you how this is rigged, by the way. All right. I mentioned this in the open. This was rigged. I said earlier there were two pots, pot one and pot two. Every team in pot one um, was going to be like the home team for the first round because those were the top eight ranked teams and they ranked them from one to eight, blah, 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 blah. If you were in matches one, three, five, or seven, that means that in the second round, so once you go from 16 to the elite eight, once you move to the elite eight, whoever was in matches one, three, five, or seven would then be the home team for the second one. So you would play home this the second round also. You're already playing home in the first round because the way that the two-match knockout or the two-match aggregate works is that the home team, the team with the advantage, quote-unquote, gets the second match because they get the chance first to score an away goal because the away goal is the tiebreaker. Right. One, three, five, and seven. There were three teams from Mexico in pot one. Wow. And three Mexican teams made it into one, three, five, and seven. So the team from Liga MX, if they win the round of 16, they're going to be the home teams for the second round. And they're going to get the advantage in the second round. The only team that was not a Mexican team that was in the um, one, three, five, or seven were the Portland Timbers, but that's because there were no other Liga MX teams left. So you have these teams, they now have the opportunity to have the home advantage through the entire through the entire tournament until the one game final, which I hope the crew are in. But that's that's a tough draw. It's rigged, is what it is. Yeah. Well, you know, we we don't like things to be handed to us here in Columbus, Thomas. We like we like working hard because as Ric Flair, the great Ric Flair, once said, to be the man. You got to beat the man. The man. So if uh, you know if we got to play the defending champs in the in the quarterfinals, then hey, I'm I'm happy to go ahead and let's knock out the defending champs in the quarterfinals. Uh, 
so we can keep on uh, keep on keeping on, man. Got to win that first one though. So Real Esteli, everybody except for Nico Kata, bring it on. Columbus is going to take you down, hopefully. Um, and Nico Kata again. I hope you have really great matches, not against Columbus. Every other match, I hope you win the league MVP of your league. But don't do anything against us, please. I'm fragile. So that's cool, man. They're going to have about four weeks to practice for it. Um, the matches for CCL beginning, like I said, mid-April, mid uh, second week, third week of April. So the crew are going to start their preseason in just about a month. So they're going to get four weeks to practice for the CONCACAF Champions League, which that's the problem I see, Bryant, because this team in Nicaragua, they're playing their season right now. So they're going to be in good form. They're going to be in good form. But if we can get a goal off of them, down in Nicaragua, goal or two, that really bodes well for us when we come back to the fray and it's farewell season. Farewell oh, season. We didn't bring this up in the outline, but the scarf that I like the most won the that scarf is, competition. That is a damn fine scarf that the uh, our good our, our good we'll, we'll call them our good friends, our good friends over in the Nordeca um, yeah. have put out their their scarf for the season so definitely go check that out because it's really cool and speaking of scarves i'm going to get a plug in um we are giving away a chris what? scarf we're giving it away we are for the low low price of free 99 we $3. are dollars we are giving away a scar from the fantastic folks at chris ohio so make sure that you are following our page that you're following their page. And I believe it was also that they retweet our tweet, right? About All the they scarf. have to do is retweet our tweet and follow Chris. Retweet our tweet and follow Chris. You will give you a bonus entry if you follow us. We're not trying to do this just to get, you know, we don't want to, we don't care if we get follows. Obviously you've listened to our podcast. We don't care if we get listeners. We just want to help Chris. We want to help people see that these scarves are on sale. And then everybody who loses this competition feels so bad about losing that they buy one. That's why we're really doing it. We want to get Chris more money to help out new Americans in central Ohio. That's why we're doing this because we love Chris and fun fact, Bryant. Ooh, the person like who designed the Nordeca scarf that won is none other than Kevin Glenn who runs Supporter Supply, who also designed the Chris scarf that is being given away. So you're going to get a scarf by the designer of the of the Nordec winning scarf. He's also the winner of the Nordec badge that every Nordec season ticket holder gets this season. And he's also the designer of our t-shirt that we did last year for Chris. It's like he does this for a living. <laughs> it's like he's a professional or something. <laughs> But um, really, honestly, go on there. Just retweet the tweet. At this point, all you have to do is retweet it. We just want people to share the good work that Chris is doing. We've had yep. Jeremy Holland on multiple times. We probably need to have him on again just because um, it's so amazing. Every time we talk to him, I kind of want to, like, run through a brick wall. Yeah, um, absolutely. Hopefully we can get – hopefully that Nations Cup is something that comes up for them again because that was something they hinted at last time. But the vid jacked everything up. Um, everything that Chris does is great, and they're a great organization. So I bought one, and we have another one we're giving away. Uh, did you pick yours up yet, Bryant? I have not. I've been bad. Oh, Bryant. Man, there's when like – did you say you could pick it up? Um, we're going to make arrangements. There's like a foot of snow on the ground outside, Thomas. Okay. Well, you signed up to get it Sunday, and there was no snow on the ground. That's very true. I just forgot all about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's so, get people – go ahead and sign up. 
or not sign up. Go ahead and retweet. Get that scarf because we want to give it away to somebody. And when you and and if you don't win, buy the scarf because it's a really nice scarf. Yep. And the people at at Chris are doing amazing work. They're amazing people. Help help them out. Do whatever yep. you can to help them out. So we've you know we've talked about soccer, right? We've got soccer coming in April, but there is soccer coming in just a few short days that you can watch. Our own women's national team will be competing in the She Believes Cup. America, fuck yeah. So they will be uh, competing, competing in quotation marks, uh, oh. <laughs> against Canada, Brazil, and Argentina. So if you listened to our show last week, and if you didn't, what the hell? You're better. Um, yeah, probably. We talked about the roster, so we, you know, we went pretty in depth on on the makeup of the roster, and I know Thomas shared some hot takes on some of the players oh. that made the roster. I'm so still recovering it, from the burns; they're so hot, ooh, spicy. But uh, it got a little scarier for the opponents of the She Believes Cup. They're going to be having some nightmares, mm-hmm. if you will. It's like there's going to be a nightmare on Elm Street if you will, because Florida State graduate, Chicago Red Star, an all-around great person and fantastic player, Casey Kruger, formerly Casey Short, she joined the team after Alana Cook, who plays with PSG in France, was not able to due to an injury, not due to an injury, rather. Not injured, just I think couldn't make the trip over from France just with their season going on and all that. So, yeah, so that's a that's really exciting. Obviously, we had talked about last week um, mm-hmm. that we hoped that, uh, you know, potentially there was a way that Casey could get on that team. We were kind of disappointed that she wasn't on the team, kind of surprised as well as she's been playing. So, And she made it before her injury, too. So right. she was I think she's somebody who needs to to be on the team. I think she brings a lot to that side. So yeah, that's that's you know both from the standpoint of obviously I'm 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 very biased when it comes to Casey um, as being a Red Stars fan, but also being a graduate of Florida State University. Right. We're basically best friends. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, so she's she's in that fan. They got a fantastic program down there. Won a national championship a couple years ago. So, yeah, it's really, I think it's just really cool, a really, I think, cool to see another Red Stars player, obviously, on the team. A big deal for, you know, for Florida State's women's soccer program. But I think just really good for Casey. Like, mm-hmm. get getting some more playing time, getting some more, you know, some more practice time ahead of, uh, ahead of that Red Stars season, right? Playing in competitive games. I think that can only be good for the Red Stars. Um, five five players on the she believes camp right now i know one of them is just training mallory pews recovering from injury but still five players on the roster for she believes that'll be with the red stars in just a few weeks after so that's that's pretty pumped pretty pumped up for that that's pretty cool right like that's that's an advantage i think for the red stars in the sense of you've got players that are playing competitive games mm-hmm. um so they're they're getting uh getting that trial by combat, that trial by fire, right? Getting ready for the season. So yeah, we, we just kind of wanted to mention that. That's a really cool, really cool thing. Did you have any other, any other thoughts on Casey and on the, on the team? No, I, I, I'm just really excited for it. I think prior to this, I probably wasn't as pumped for the cup. I'm not trying to like, I, 
I think international soccer for me, I've gotten so much into club soccer. Like I, I'm yeah. going to watch every Red Stars match. I'm going to watch right. every crew match, all the Eagles matches. I got into club soccer so big that international, I blame the U.S. men partially for my just general blah towards international soccer nowadays. Um, sure. But I, I am excited to watch this. I am excited yeah. to see the Red Stars play especially. Um, but no, I, I think adding her just adds to that excitement. And I think it, I probably wasn't going out of my way to watch every match, but I, I, I will now. I will now. Absolutely. Well, Brian, we're going to wrap up the show tonight a little differently. We're, uh, we're not going to talk about five other sports, which I think, I think like every episode we've talked about like seven different teams each episode. I think we're finally starting to kind of narrow down what we talk about on here. Um, and I like it too, because it's close to home. It's stuff that really, you know, we love. Um, but another thing that we love is just sports in general. We grew yeah. up as sports fans, both you and I. Um, I've, we've shared this before on the pod. We grew up kind of traditional sports fans, right? With your pro football, pro basketball, pro baseball, that sort of thing. A little yeah. wrestling in there. Oh, yeah. But as we've grown older, and I would say our sports fandom has matured, we've started to watch and really get into stuff like the NWSL. We talked a lot about NWHL. We, um, we just ge- generally have opened our minds up to so much in the world of sport that we wanted to kind of go back to our roots and talk about one of our favorite things are the aesthetics of sports, are the logos that teams have. Now, we're not logo experts. There are people online um, that have all whole accounts and whole podcasts about just logo design. And people get mad about MLB or new era patches on baseball hats. I'm not one of those crazy logo people. Maybe you are, Bryant. No, not particularly. Um, okay. One person who is an expert at logos, though, is our good friend Jess, who did design, oh, yeah. who designed our logo, our spiffy newish logo. If I was uh, selecting favorite logos, Bryant, I would select that one because of how amazing Jess has created that logo. But there is a rule that we had. We're going to share our top five favorite logos of all time. The only rule that we put into place was that we could not pick one of our own teams that we support. No past iterations of it, no current. We were not allowed to pick any of our teams that we love. We had to pick five teams that we do not support. And Bryant, so before we break through these five, what was your favorite sports logo of a team that you actually support? So I'm I'm gonna cheat. Um because I, I yeah, I couldn't decide. I had two. And I couldn't decide between the two, and they're both so great. Um so I went with one of them is the Chicago Red Stars. And for me, it's just, first of all, I'm a huge fan of the Chicago flag. I think just aesthetically, mm-hmm. the Chicago flag is like way cooler than pretty much any state flag. In my opinion, like I just, I, ha- I own other memorabilia of the Chicago flag that's not mm-hmm. Red Stars related. Like <laughs> just because yeah. I think the Chicago flag is really cool. Love the city and their logo is based all around the Chicago flag, right? Those colors. And then I also went with uh, my newly adopted Riveters. I think just the the history with 
that you are wearing your Soroya Tinker jersey right now. I am actually. <laughs> I think just the just the history behind you know, Rosie the Riveter and kind of what that represents. I'm a kind of a nerd for history in general. Um, so just I, I think it's such a cool like logo and, and so cool that it's for a women's sport. But it's such something that's so associated with American history and with women's you know, history of women in America that I, I couldn't decide between the two. So I'm going to call it a tie between those two. Okay. Okay. I, I think the best era for logos was the NBA in the 90s. Oh, 100%. I think NBA in the 90s, like you had, and these are not from my list, like the Vancouver Grizzlies. That Grizzlies logo was fierce. That that like the toronto raptors too like those oh, two logos with the, when they with came the dinosaur out, I was like, oh my yes. god <sighs> what were you gonna say i'm sorry um that you may be spoiling one of my choices for the list right now oh well my my favorite of my actual teams i'm gonna go with the crash the net cleveland cavaliers yes. that is just like i imagine sean kemp and Bob Sura wearing these black jerseys with the blue like lightning bolt. Oh yeah. And the nets like broken and stuff like the NBA in the nineties. I didn't put this on my list either, but like the Orlando magic, their jerseys from the nineties have mercy. The pinstripes. That black and the white pinstripes. Oh, Ooh. and the Phoenix suns. Yeah. I still imagine the gorilla wearing that Phoenix suns, which now is uh. called a throwback, but like Kevin Johnson, Wearing that Phoenix, oh my gosh! I, uh, yeah, the nineties oh, yeah. NBA was just thunder, thunder, thunder. Dan Marley, the goat. Uh, the Char- Charlotte, logos. Charlotte Hornets. Oh, oh my gosh! And the fact that they bring them back now is like throwbacks. Oh, I just, I have to hold back. <laughs> I have to abstain. Yeah. From from well, all of that, but homage <laughs> has those those shirts with all the throwback logos from the '90s, and I'm like, or the Atlanta Hawks that looks like kind of looks like Pac-Man. You remember that one? Is that the one with the, it had like the big hawk across the whole jersey? Yeah, and then it has the little I, like I wasn't a little, huge of a fan of that one. Has the little <laughs> yellow like Pac-Man looking thing. Anyway, I have to clear my throat. Jeez, no, that whole thing. Yeah, that whole yeah. Supersonics. Oh yeah, anyway. with the uh, the tower, the space needle on it. Yeah, that yeah, was cool right too. before they changed it. Before, yeah. Anyway, Brian, let's go through your top five. I'm sorry if I ruined. He didn't tell me, and I didn't tell him, just because we right. wanted to be a surprise. But go ahead and walk through. What are your top five favorite logos of all time? In no particular order here. Well, we'll start with the one we kind of already mentioned. Um, the Vancouver Grizzlies for me was was one i always loved um the colors again you talked about the bear coming out through the middle of it um with with my guy bryant big country reeves was uh (laughs) one of the first bryant i ever really remember seeing anywhere in sport and yeah and i have a i had a buddy my one of my first jobs out of college um the first time he heard my name he made that connection with Bryant Big Country Reeves. And so he started, he's just a huge, like old school NBA fan. And so he started calling me Big Country. <laughs> so that's awesome. That one was, that one was definitely high on my list. Um, I went with the old school Baltimore Orioles with the cartoon, the okay. cartoon bird. <clears throat> yeah. The, like smiling Oriole. Yeah. yeah. The smiling Oriole on it. You're going to kind of notice a theme. Um, with mine um one that uh, we a new friend that we kind of made on the twitter 
um, the other day when we sent out a message asking about great team mascots. Um, shout out to Biscayne Bay SC. Um, being a being a Floridian, them having a manatee on their on their logo, I was in love immediately. Like the color scheme with the like with like the pastel like pink and blue. And then it's got the manatee on the logo. Being somebody who's from Florida too, who is you know, I've seen manatees like in person all the time, you know, going down to the river and stuff where I grew up. So that one was definitely like I saw that and I was like, yeah, I love that. Um, we'll go, we'll go with another '90s favorite here, and it's <laughs> one that actually inspired your uh, NWHL fandom. Um, we're gonna go with the Hartford Whalers. Okay um again just that logo the color scheme with the blue and the green not to mention um playing a lot of nhl 94 on the sega as a kid oh yeah that was always that was always my team just again because of the logo and the color scheme like that's such a nostalgia thing for me um and then being a floridian another logo that i grew up with and i guess it kind of fits given that they won the super bowl the other day i'm going with the old school tampa bay bucks logo the Bucko, creamsicles the creamsicle with bucko bruce it's bucko bruce where he's got the the you know the sword in his mouth and he's like that that logo just it does it for me like the bucks the bucks should only wear those old creamsicle uniforms with the Bo, buckeye uh, bucko bruce logo so that, those were the most of the first ones that popped into my head when I was thinking about really cool. I didn't go with some of the more like classic, like the Dodgers or the uh, Montreal Canadiens, right? Like some of those that have been around forever that are just like perfect and clean and simple. And mm-hmm. I went with I went with definitely kind of an animal slash Florida type theme to mine. So how about you? I could see it. I could see it. Before I share mine, I do want to shout out some folks who shared theirs online. You already mentioned the Biscayne or Biscayne, excuse me, the Manatee Group, which all for it, Biscayne Bay, excuse me. Um, so Biscayne Bay, that that was nice. But Joe Johnstone, he is a teacher down in the Atlanta area, Georgia area, I believe. So he kind of started this thread of all of these like right. uh, these soccer teams tweeting back at us because they were brought into it by him so i want to uh, shout out to cobb county united which is actually in illinois they have a pretty cool logo it's like a it's like a piece of corn so it's like rural illinois not chicago um, illinois but it's the soccer ball looks like corn and they got barbed wire above it i thought that was pretty cool that's pretty a cool te- team down in another florida down in uh, polk county also, Oscaloa. What is that, Brian? Um, spell it for me. O-S-C-E-O-L-A. Os- Osceola. Osceola County. Uh, Unite- Unity FC Soccer, which is a pretty cool logo. They had a soccer ball with like a rainbow going around the soccer ball. And yeah. They had three stars at the bottom. I thought that was a pretty awesome logo. Um, also, you United Women's Soccer Weekly, they um, – United Women's Soccer League, excuse me. There is a show that does a weekly show about the women's league, which I think is pretty cool. They brought in like uh, the new Louisville team from NWSL into the conversation, which is, and they which were is sharing stuff. Very well done. That one is that one is fantastic. That's a cool logo. Kansas City should learn a thing or two, but they have time. I know it's very early. Um, also, shout out to the FC Cologne USA supporters because they're the, a supporters the group. 
they brought the goat and they said the goat team with the goat logo, which I get it. I appreciate the effort there. Um, but go Berlin, go Union Berlin. Uh, <laughs> at ZFC underscore 11 should the Greenville Triumph, which is a really clean looking logo. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. It's got the mountains and the it's it's got a nice green color mm-hmm. to it. Not a nasty Verde Austin green, but a nice crisp green. Um, don't look like there's any vegetables on there. And also at Soccer Forums US, they brought it outside of the world of soccer and they shared a team that you and I have both talked about in detail, the Rocket City Trash Pandas. There we go. <laughs> they shared that logo, which if we would, we need to have a whole nother top five list of favorite minor league, My, minor league baseball. You know, you minor know league baseball. I, you know which one I forgot just now, Thomas. And then we started talking. To, I don't know how I could forget one from Florida, the Orlando Solar Bears. Brian, is a, as much as I talk about how much I love that logo, and then I completely forgot about that for this list, the Orlando Solar Bears <laughs> is amazing. It's funny that you say that Orlando Solar Bears is not one of my selections, but I think you're going to know my first, and these are not in any order. These are my top five, not in any order. The first one I'm going to mention is the nineties version of the Manitoba moose. Okay. I like it. So the Manitoba moose logo back in the nineties, it was like purple and green and there's this big moose on it. It's really simple. It's kind of cartoonish. It's like a caricature almost. But Manitoba Moose, I remember going to Lumberjacks games and seeing the Moose logo. I don't know. It just, I couldn't pick the Lumberjacks. So I had to pick something around that era of that nostalgia. And that was who I landed with was the Manitoba Moose. Oh, that is, I just looked that up. That is sharp. The one from the 90s, not the new one. They tried to make it more like, I'm an angry Moose now. But like the more like uh, Ranger Joe, full house type Moose. Than, it's like uh, Bullwinkle. Bullwinkle. Yeah, it's kind of like Bullwinkle. Yeah, kind of like Bullwinkle. Okay, another one. The only soccer logo that I have. And I think between the two of us, the only soccer logo on here, period, of our official top fives, not including our favorite teams. What you got? I have the, um, it's an international team logo too. The Ivory Coast. Yes. Coast. Or Cote d'Ivoire. Where you've had players like Didier Drogba play for them. I think Eto was also, yeah, Samuel Eto was also an Ivory Coast um international but the logo is just the new version of it like the uh, the coast in it for Cote d'Ivoire it has the elephant's trunk as the C for it that is and sharp. it's got a soccer ball in the in the elephant's uh what do you trunk trunk I was gonna say snout I'm like that's a pig I'm pretty sure it's a pig so the yeah the trunk of the elephant it's got a soccer ball in there that's another one of my favorites um, sharp the only baseball one I have on here, Bryant, it's a Chicago logo. The Chicago White Sox. I don't know what it is. They're a rival of mine technically as a Cleveland baseball club fan. I've always, I've not liked playing against them. Well, past few years I have, but now the Indians are kind of, <laughs> we've become the new White Sox of a few years ago. Uh, but just that, that old fashioned, not the one with the baseball player holding the bat, but like the just the socks. Yeah. That logo it, with the black, maybe it's just because they were black and white and the black and gray. Maybe those colors are just, I'm fond of the colors, but the logo, it just screams like old time baseball. 
And so the Chicago White Sox, they're the third one I'm going to list off. It all to me it screams early '90s uh, gangster rap too, because if you watch all the yeah. '90s uh, like NWA, Dr. Dre, Easy E wearing the uh, the White Sox caps in the uh, in the videos. Okay, yeah, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe, but that's one of my favorites. Another one, I'm going to go to the uh, National Hockey League for this one. All right, and, and I've. One of the ways that I thought, okay, which logos do I really like is I thought back, which one of these have I actually gone to a team store online and I've looked at prices for something on it. And this team, I just couldn't pull the trigger because they're technically in the same division, not this year, but they're in the same division as the Sharks. The Calgary Flames. Yes. Just that that burning sea logo. The it's sea so is simple. Great. Yeah. It's so simple. It's not anything crazy. Nothing like too much is going on with it. But it's just maybe just because my last name is Costello too, so I'm like maybe I could get away with getting that C logo because it's cost, you know. But oh, I I like it so much. I might I might just have to get one. It's it's cool. No, that's no one that's in Ohio a... is gonna think I'm, you know, against the Sharks if I wear a Calgary hat. No one cares. Although, it's... did I tell you this, Brett? I was at the grocery store. I live out here on the edge of BFE, outside of Columbus. Like I'm where Columbus pretty much stops. West Virginia, and... just about. Uh, yeah, I think we're on the border of West Wild and Wonderful. I was at the Meyer, or if I'm getting older, the Myers. I was at Myers, and I had my San Jose Sharks head on, and this was uh, probably like a month or two ago before the season started. And this guy came up to me in the parking lot, which usually doesn't happen, right? Nowadays, you don't walk up to people and talk to them. No. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm a Sharks fan, man. I moved here from I moved here from uh, San Jose area a few years ago." And he, we started talking about the Sharks. There's like an underground Sharks fandom here in Columbus, but well, I digress. We, you and I went to the Blue Jackets Sharks game, and there were a decent number of people in, in a row in shark sweaters when we went to the game. So jerseys, sweaters. They're jerseys, you son of a bitch. <laughs> no, they're sweaters. They're not sweaters. They're made of athletic wicking material. They're not sweaters. Sweaters. <laughs> you better be careful, because the next time we're allowed to go to a Sharks Blue Jackets game, I might try to get somebody else. No, I would never do that. Aww. I want to go with you, Brian, every time. We have a we No, we didn't get a picture the second time. The first time we got a picture next to the cannon. Or no, I, I think we did. We definitely did one of the times. We did one of the times. The second time, I was actually coming off of an illness. Was that when we met the Sonny Milano truther? That might have... Uh, no, no, no. That was... No, that was not the San Jose game. That was when we won the tickets from the Schwide on Twitter. That's Because right. we went down there and we watched the Jackets practice. We went down to the Sharks area to practice. And we, we learned about Joe Thornton's mom. And we uh, tried to get the one kid a puck. Yeah, which they get screamed at every night, these players to give out pucks and stuff. But the way these players can completely ignore fans in the stands is just amazing. Like during practice, when you have all San Jose fans down there in Columbus, Ohio, and the players don't pay a lot of attention. Eh, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I, do I, I couldn't ignore the fans like that. I would. I don't know. But also, I think NHL athletes are probably – the most stuck up athletes. Well, I think we talked about this last pot too, didn't we? 
we did a little bit yeah yeah we did anyway here's my last one and again these are no particular order um i've said the manitoba moose the Cote d'Ivoire, uh the white Sh- chicago white Sox. did you think i was gonna say cubs or did you know i was teasing you no i knew you'd never say anything good about the cubs never um their stadium is old and decrepit they need to get rid of it um the calgary the landmark and then the last one well you know tear it down uh the last one i'm gonna pick i talked about this being the golden era i remember these jerseys so well it was the years when jordan was gone and this team kind of picked up where jordan left off i know where they finally had they finally had the chance to win when jordan wasn't around and also pippen and the whole team because it was a team effort jordan's amazing but he didn't win anything until he got pippen um i'm gonna give it to Hakeem the Dream, oh, Clyde the Glide, and then also even a little bit Charles Barkley, even though they didn't win because Jordan came back at that point. But the Houston Rockets jerseys, those are nice, with like the blue rocket and the planet and the Houston Rockets, and they wore like a dark, dark blue, white pinstripe jersey. Oh yeah, I it, it was almost like a Magic West jersey is what yeah. it looked like. It looked like the Orlando Magic, but in Texas, Houston Rockets nineties. That's another one of my favorite logos of all time. I don't appreciate you bringing up the first traumatic sports memory that I can remember in my life. Everyone uh, knew that Penny and Shaq were not going to beat Hakeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler. <laughs> and no one, everyone knew they were going to lose. I still wake up screaming that about Nick Anderson missing those free throws in game one. It wasn't um, his fault. There were still other games <laughs> that had to be played. That's like me blaming J.R. Smith for forgetting that the time was running down and that the Cavs were down and they could have shot and won the game in game one. It doesn't change game two, three, four, five, whatever. Um, I have one other Ohio sports uh, hot take for you real quick based around logo. And this isn't a logo because it's not technically a logo, but it should be the logo. The Cincinnati Reds should use Mr. Redlegs on everything you don't like just the plain c no mr red legs is amazing and they should use mr red legs and the brown should absolutely use brownie the elf more i kind of like just the football helmet a brownie the elf i mean there's a nostalgia but i i kind of like just the brown the browns helmet i know that's boring but homer um you need to tell us what you think about the reds uh, logo because he's one of our only reds fans who listen tell us what you think do you like the red sea or do you think mr red like should be the main logo let us know uh, slide into our dms we're, we're we're looking forward to your response sir that was uh i think we should uh, as as we get into times that are boring like that i'll be honest that was one of the more fun things we've talked about in a while because i can sit and opine on uh sports logos and sports jerseys and and everything uh, else for we didn't even talk about sports jerseys if we did sports jerseys i might have a whole different list it's nothing nobody will ever beat the uh san diego chargers old school powder blues it's it's the goat Eh, well philadelphia union are trying to match them they're trying to get to the same spot if you saw those which were really cool anyway when when the mls starts releasing all their jerseys we should do our own power rankings of who we think are the best jerseys we'll do the uh the tier list right with who's got the goods who's got the bads yeah anyway anyway we'll be like e who won the red carpet who lost the red carpet (laughs) what who are you wearing tonight because we are obviously the two most fashionable people oh in all of the sports world and we are really the go-to's when it comes to logos 
jerseys, what looks good, what doesn't. I mean, as, as handsome as we are, are you kidding me? Faces for podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to wrap things up here because I'm sure you guys could listen to us talk about sports logos and sports jerseys all night, but we know you'd rather not. Um, so thank you as always for taking the time to to listen to us to engage with us to um support us right we appreciate it every single time every single time you guys do that it's it's always really humbling really honoring for us um Mm -hmm. speaking of engaging engage with us on twitter we're at bryant me you can engage with me i'm at pickle chips replace the eyes with ones thomas is at one thomas costello be a friend, as always. Tell your friends about the pod, your family, your coworkers, random strangers that you meet, enemies too. That's probably you know Billy Eichner. You know Billy Eichner, Billy on the streets. Have you ever watched sure. Billy on yeah, the streets? Yeah, he uh, walks up and yells at people. You need to do Billy on the streets with Brian and me. I love Billy Eichner. He's he's pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, so we always, you know, please tell people about it. Thomas, you're gonna be uh, cheating on me this week. Well, you're gonna. No, Thomas is uh, Thomas is going to guest star on a new brand spanking new Browns podcast on the Belly Up Sports Pod Network. It's called the Blessum Browns podcast. So good luck. We're uh, you're going to be on their debut episode, right? Yeah, I'm 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 guest number one. It's is not like a co-guest type thing, but from the looks of it, we're going to be talking about um, maybe a little recap of the Super Bowl, which I. I didn't watch more than one quarter. You didn't miss much. I did. I turned it off after the first quarter. Um, <laughs> I gotta watch it so I know what's going on. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to. We're gonna talk about just some Browns things going on with you know. There's a draft coming up. Some fans asked some questions about which quarterback in the last 20 years that I think was gonna be one of the quarterbacks that the Browns were gonna make it with, um, and that it, kind of thing. Is it Brandon Wheaton? No, it is not Brandon Whedon. It is not Brandon Whedon. But uh, Kelly you'll Holcomb, you have to listen to find out. Kelly Holcomb, got to give him his his propers. He had a pretty darn good game against the Steelers in the playoffs. Um, but anyway, I yeah, I'm a lifelong. It's in my genes. I was a Browns fan before I was born, and it was just a cool way to talk about the Browns. I haven't been able to talk about them positively for a long time, but yeah. just the the feels that came like every year. I still watch them. Even when they're awful, every year I would watch them every Sunday. By Wednesday, I'd be like, oh, I'm done with this team. I'm never going to watch them again. And then on Thursday, I'd be like, oh, the Browns are on Sunday. And like, it's just I've been a tormented fan my whole life. So um, it's just fun to talk about it. And it's their first podcast. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of break ground with somebody. And uh, yeah, I'm not planning on being a regular host because anybody got time for that. And Brian and me is my um, you're my boo. So I can't, oh. I can't, I can't leave you for somebody else. Well, hopefully after he has you on, he gets more episodes. Hopefully it's not a grand opening, grand closing type situation. But. <laughs> well, I could tell people I was on the first and the last episode you're, of the Blessing Browns podcast. <laughs> One day you're going to be a trivia question, right? Yeah, maybe, uh, you know, you never know. And I love the name, by the way. That's a, that's a fantastic name. I Shout never out. watch Hard Knocks with them on it that's a really that was a really i watch hard knocks every year it's just something i I love i look forward to every year um and that was a particularly good season so yeah and that was jarvis landry right yeah bless him um i i'm so happy like i i've 
I had a whole a little preview. I had a no money rule for the Browns for the past God, I want to say five or six years where I maybe I think it was seven actually, where I was not spending any money. I would not spend any money on the Browns. I wouldn't buy buy any merchandise. I wouldn't do anything with them. I would watch them on TV every week. I went to one game during that time, but I bought the tickets from somebody. I bought them from the secondary market. So somebody already bought the tickets. I paid for parking like way away from the stadium. I didn't even go to a Browns lot. And I wanted to go to the game, like, but I was like, I'm not giving them any of my money because they're not going to change. And it's just been kind of nice seeing them play to the point where I've bought a Browns hat and a Brown shirt this season, just from being able to watch them and actually look forward to a game and enjoy winning football games. Cause it's not just winning. It's not only about winning, but ownership really matters. How you treat your fans really matters. How you care about the team really matters. So anyway, yeah. So Sunday I'm going to talk to somebody about the Browns. It should be fun. So, you know, give that a listen if you're uh, if you're so inclined. If you're a Browns fan out there and you're listening to this, give a listen to that. It should be a good conversation. It should be good stuff. I'll definitely take a listen. Maybe I'll learn <laughs> something since I'm a new uh, I'm a new Browns fan. I jumped on the bandwagon at the right time this season. <laughs> I'm going to take all the credit for their success this year. They did it for <laughs> you, man. They did it for those fans who have been really sticking with the team. They did it for you. I, I abandoned the Jaguars and then they get the first pick and they're going to get Trevor Lawrence and got urban. So uh, well, urban's already hiring guys, I guess that are have history. Yeah. Of he's well, racial you know, abuse. And, yeah. Urban urban only hires the best of the best, <laughs> the top 1% of the top 1%. Um, anyway, <laughs> you guys, as always have a, have a great week, really make sure that you're taking care of yourself, taking care of your friends and family and those around you make sure you're taking care of your mental health. As always, if you need help, please ask for help. Please reach out to your friends and check on, see how they're doing. Otherwise we love you anywhere you go. We'll follow, we'll follow, we'll follow. Have a great week. Bye everybody. Adios. Bye.